Here's your host, Michael Ball. And we're wrapping up a week of sports talk in Saskatchewan. But not sports, not sports, because we've got sports talk. Then tonight we got Pat's Hockey in Saskatoon against the Blades with Dante DeCaria on the call. 6.35 pregame, 7 o'clock puck drop out there in Saskatoon. You know at the rink that's too far out of town, nobody likes to go. <laughs> what a pathetic excuse for a city in terms of sports fans. I'm joking. Uh, kind of. And then they're back here against the Brandon Wheat Kings tomorrow night. A game you can catch right here on 620 CKRM. I encourage you to do that because that's who pays my bills. But I will be there broadcasting on Access Now Sports with the Silver Fox, Kelly Rempel. we got a great show lined up. We're going to dive deep with Tim Reed over at the Real District, the CEO there, to talk about hosting Grey Cup 2022, how it's going to be a great setup. Talk about uh, the Brant survey they did, the home of the Pats. Uh, they asked people to rate the Brant and uh, appetite for a new rink and that type of thing. Plus, we'll ask him about... The old uh, PST on tickets and stuff that takes a bite out of uh, those fans that want to go to concerts and say Pats games and things over at Real there, a.k.a. the Brant. Um, Very interesting. I'll get into that a little later on. We'll talk with Ben Hebert, of course, about joining a new rink. See if he gives us the straight goods. There have been rumors that he's going to join Botcher's Rink or a team skipped by Brendan Botcher, but uh, we'll see if he'll give us the straight goods there. We're the only place he would give the straight goods to, so we'll see about that. Also, we're going to chase the ace at 4.30 on a Friday. Jackpot around $100,000. Cindy Fuchs from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders Foundation coming in for that. We were, sup- <laughs> we were supposed to get you Zinger to eat crackers. Set the record. It'll have to wait till Monday. I forgot the crackers. <laughs> I knew you were going to forget know, those crackers, I know, man. I know. I'm sorry. I'll bring it in. Your chance to set the sports cage record for soda cracker eating in uh, 30 seconds. And here I was texting my fiance, my mom and dad, tune in at 520 today. I'm eating crackers on the air. Well, we'll, we'll, at 520, we'll tell them to tune in Monday at 520, okay? Also, we're going to hear from the riders, Shaq Evans, and just before 6 o'clock, Jeff, the pig spleen eating weather expert, he is 90% accurate with his predictions. He gets pig spleens from an area, he looks at them, And he accurately predicts what the weather will be in advance, like months in advance. So we're going to ask him what the weather will be like in training camp, preseason, and some select home games for your Saskatchewan. November 20th. He can't do past June. Oh, come on. I know, it sucks. It (laughs) sucks. Okay, but what we want to do here to start the show off, we want to mention that this just came down... Henry Burris had a cup of coffee with the BC Lions. He's done with the BC Lions. He was on this show. Do you think we blew it? Do you think we blew it? Henry Burris has informed the BC Lions that he's taken a coaching job in the NFL. So he is now not an offensive consultant with the BC Lions. Well, they tried, right? They tried. They tried. Hey, do, they, you, do you blame him? I mean, no, they, I don't. Did you see where he went? I haven't seen yet. No, I haven't. I don't think that I don't know if it's out yet. I've texted Smile and Hank. He didn't get back to me. So we'll see just how good of friends we are, judging by the text. <laughs> we'll know by the end of the yeah. the gauge today. Our first, I want to tell you, our show is brought to you by the way by uh, Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over sixty five years. Uh, you can text us nine three six sixty two sixty two. The text line. Our awesome tournament. We're running it up against the. March Madness, some big upsets yesterday. Gonzaga out, Arizona out. So we are going with um, 
A couple of brackets today. Motorcycles or donuts, Zinger? What goes to the next round of in the Tournament of Awesome? Donuts. Donuts, man. Me too. Donuts. I mean, you look cool on a motorcycle, but if you get into an accident, You're dangerous, man. you are in trouble. Uh, and I can barely drive a car. So I'm going donuts too. But let's go out to the Western Pizza Hotline and talk with our friend Pierre Arsenault, who is the new CEO of U Sports. And the very first hard hitting question you're going to get, Pierre, on 620 CKRM, the source in Regina on the sports cage, Mr. CEO of U Sports. If you had a pick in the Tournament of Awesome, do donuts or motorcycles move on to the next round? Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I'm donuts all the way. Donuts all the way? Okay. What's your favorite donut, Pierre? Oh, I think I would be a Boston cream. Oh, I love... You know... I. It's an under-the-radar donut. I, I was craving a donut on the way home last night. I tried to get a double chocolate donut. They didn't have any. They were out. That seems to be the favorite. I went Boston cream, so I'm with you up here. We're on the same page. This interview is off to a very, very good start. Now, I understand, Mr. Arsenault, you have a Regina connection, and I knew I liked you for a reason. Tell us how that connection came to be. Yeah, my, my, my very first job out of university, I finished my master's degree in Ottawa and got hired as the technical director with the Saskatchewan Hockey Association. So I was there from 96 to 99 in Regina and, and really enjoyed my time. Uh, Reggie Slack took the Rough Riders to the Grey Cup in 97 and Jim Daly was coaching, I think, then. He's uh, he's coaching in U-Sport now. He's a special teams coordinator here at St. of X in the AUS conference, and uh, great to see him in, involved in our league. But, yeah, it was, uh, I used to remember going to Pat's games at the, I think the Agridome it was called back then, and, and really enjoyed my time there. That's awesome. That And they did a survey on the Brandt Center. And it's called the Brandt Center. Now, we always call it the Orange Top, and most people gave it a 3 out of 5. I think that's probably because it's it's a little bit older, but I'll tell you what, that's a, that's still... Right up there is the best junior rink, for sure in the Western Hockey League, but even right across Canada. Yeah, so, you know, I, I always enjoyed going to the games. I think it was Josh Holden that was kind of the, the oh, yeah. back then in those days, and, and uh, you guys got a pretty good one again now. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, the, the energy was always great, and, and uh, the rivalries. And, and, I, and when I was working with the Hockey Association, I got to travel around the province a lot, and just to get to all the different communities it was it was something i really enjoyed okay mr arsenal i talked to dick white who's retiring in june friend of the show former athletic director at the u of r when i i used him to set up this interview he said i know pierre he's a great dude he'll get right back to us and you were right on cue so he said best guy he's the right guy at the right time for this job so let me ask you why are you the right guy at the right time for this job? Well, first of all, I, I really have enjoyed uh, having Dick as a colleague. He, he was around the table, you know, all my years. And then in retirement, he came back. And what he's done the last couple of years, we've, when we've all been worrying about a pandemic, he's been really kind of building relationships and strength for youth sport and, and working closely with the members. And so it, it just has allowed you know someone like me to come into a situation that Dick has made so much better and 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 so uh yeah I, I mean I think for me I, I I'm leaving 13 years of being a director of athletics at Mount Allison University and I, you know what that I, I guess that what that allows for is is I, I've just been kind of walking the walk and you know I've been there on game day I, I've known the, the simplest of things like getting the chairs ready uh, on a basketball sideline and 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 uh 
I, I don't come in thinking that I, I understand it or know better than anyone else, but I, you know, have an understanding that the best version of us is, is always going to be if we figure out as, as member schools and as conferences uh, to kind of contribute to something together and all the things that we want individually uh, will be at their best if, if, if we can work together on it. So, you know, I, I don't come in with answers for the members. I just come in looking forward to kind of working with all the schools to see where we can take this. Came from a very small school. And I think that is kind of one of the things that makes you good for this job because uh, you know, you have the mentality that you got to scrape and claw and button things up and do things right and leave no stone unturned to be noticed and be successful when you're at a small school. Not unlike Regina. I've always said if the Rams, and I use them as an example, if they're going to win in Can West, they've got to have everything go right. They got to, you know, they got to get, have a good recruiting class, get maybe one or two guys that, that would slip through the cracks from other schools, have health and, and, you know, have all the chips fall and, and get on a roll like similar to what they did in 2000 and uh, when Noah Picton was quarterback in here too when they finished first in their conference. But here's my thing, my question to you, Pierre Arsenault. What is your vision to make people excited again about U sports or get them excited about U sports? Because my son's down south and I don't want to make this about my son and I know it's apples and oranges, but when you go to a game in Little Grand Forks and there's a football game, everybody's wearing green, white and black. Everybody's into it, even if they're not going to the game. I realize it's not the same thing, but how do we capture some of that and bring it here? Because it's missing here. Yeah, and, 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 you know, I think the good part in the system is we all want that. We all, what you just described is, is, is something that we're all kind of supportive and interested in. And, and, um, I, I think when, when you look at it, that, and that whenever you're trying to get somewhere or sell something, it's always important whether you have a product and whether there's any substance to your product. And, and so the opportunity we have is that there is tons of substance to our product. And, and every week, the story of our student athletes just gives us such content rich opportunity to, to, uh, to build interest. And, and, you know, I think coming out of the pandemic in our lifetime, for most of us, we haven't had a pause where the things that have been in our lives and that we can take them for granted if we want have been taken away from us. And now that has happened. And so um, the moment to have, um, more gratitude and, and, and more uh, readiness to kind of engage in something that you've missed and you didn't even know you would miss it is here for us. And, and um, you know, our, our product kind of starts first and foremost uh, on each campus. And, and, and so we don't, again, we don't want to come in and say you need to do this for youth sports. We want to kind of figure out ways where uh, we can connect dots and strengthen that story and, 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 and build the roads and build the pieces so that, you know, it is from Regina's campus to Canada West, and it is from Canada West to a national championship, and and um, that that there's energy that and and a national championship doesn't doesn't just be something you turn on in November or you turn on in March. It's something that um, we all feel it kind of building through what happens in a regular season, what happens in conference championships, and so you know, I we, we want to make sure that. Um, we understand how to kind of take this moment where people are, are have missed something and, and um, want it back. Can we work with our broadcast partners better to to promote uh, all your sports? Like, you know, uh, I look at uh, football. It's on at the end. Well, it's on regionally, but it's on at the end nationally. But, you know, it's on, you know, CBC comes in at the end, and thank goodness for them. They they uh, You can stream the semifinals, and then you do get the national championship, so I give them credit for that. But is there some way we can work together to, to promote this thing? Because I'll give you an example. 
I did a top 50 Can West YouTube show where just on my own, low budget, kind of like the NFL Top 100. I, I interviewed coaches and players and media guys anonymously and got them to pick me the top 50 players in Can West last year, okay? I've gone to try to do this again this year because for me, it's a passion. Football is a passion, but I like all sports. I think we need to promote our own here in Canada. We don't do a good enough job of that. I only had one coach reach out to me, and I'll give him credit, it was Mark McConkie. He did it in 10 minutes with the Rams. Everybody else has, I've asked him three, four times. They don't know if they can do it or they haven't done it. I know they're coaches and they got their own things to do, but there's a entertainment aspect of this that we're missing at the various levels that I think everybody needs to sit down and understand we are in the entertainment business too. Yeah, you know what, Michael, you're right about that. And, and, and the, the, it, it's an interesting dynamic because, um, you know, we all want people to be interested and follow what we're doing, but it's hard to kind of sometimes get um, the criticism or the challenge that comes along with people being engaged and caring about what we're doing. And, and, and um, I, I, you know, th- there have been a lot, th- these are complex issues. Yes. And I don't expect to, uh, to pretend to kind of come in on, one, on day one with answers all the answers figured out and there are a lot of people that have worked away at this but but you know what you said i mean we we do people like you that are kind of trying to be on the right side of telling our story and promote our product it is um that that is important we need to find ways to kind of make sure that we service that the the, the answer to kind of maybe some of those challenges is that there's too many people in the system that have too many sets of responsibilities and mm. and 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 there but but that's not a but that's fine. If we let that be the excuse, then we don't get the result of, of building capacity and building brand. And, and, and so um, trying to kind of support to make sure that we, we can do our part to kind of when, when media partners are ready to help and, and, and can kind of um, deliver on our part that will help create opportunities for us. Pierre, I don't expect you to have all the answers. You're just into this, so I get it. And I'm looking forward to working with you and watching how you work. But I got one more question for you, okay? The Vanier Cup has been out east for a while. I've heard there's Vanier Cup fatigue out there in terms of, you know, maybe it should move around. Any thoughts uh, here this year? I haven't heard where the Vanier Cup's going. That's the pinnacle of football. And that's really the sport where I'm not saying we're in the game to produce professional athletes. But we got the combine this weekend down east. A lot of pro athletes uh, come from U Sports. We need to market this one gem. Like, can you? Where do you see the vision of the Vanier Cup going? I guess is what I'm asking. Well, well, the the quick answer to that is that we we all share a vision. I think everybody, and you know, I've been, I've been, I've found uh, count myself very fortunate that I've been worked the last 13 years on the campus of one of the 27 football schools in the country. And um, it's been a great experience. And so everybody kind of involved and around Canadian university football wants to see the Vanier cup at the healthiest place it can be. Uh, It's got such a great history. I mean, I come from a school that played it in 84 and 91, and Mm -hmm. I know how much that has meant to the, to our story here. And, and so, yeah, what, before the pandemic hit, um, we, you know, you were seeing this kind of series of uh, short-term kind of uh, solutions to have the game and host the game, while in the background there was a lot of work being done on the longer-term solution to fix this and fix it for real. And and then the pandemic kind of pauses a lot of that effort. But I know um, there's been a lot of good work going to kind of looking at w- what is the longer-term option to this, because you know, and 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 I would say the actions of the last couple of years were not. They're, they are not the reflection of the long-term plan for this. We want to kind of have a, 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 
strategy around kind of making sure that this is kind of one of those pinnacle products that that gives us as much lift as, as it can because you know that's what the history of this game is and that's what it deserves and that's the opportunity that we have with it yeah you know what and i loved when you guys uh, before you were there but you were in the league you were in the circles when they had it at 2011 there the, the the overtime game in bc and then 2012 the next year in toronto they had a great crowd in bc and the biggest crowd they ever had the next year and then it kind of went away i'd love somehow i know logistically in regina it could be an issue with hotels and stuff but why not put it in saskatoon on the same weekend we need to i think I think we need to mesh the Vanier Cup with the CFL's pinnacle game, two storied leagues. I just think we could make a great Canadian football weekend and we should try to do that. Yeah, and, and I, I think a lot of football people would agree. And in, in the 2011, I remember being, you know, our team wasn't playing in it, but I was home painting our, our bedroom and hadn't <laughs> watched that entire game because it was so captivating and you don't forget it. And, and, and and so I, I you know I, I there 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 was a lot of work down the road of kind of saying and there's scheduling complexities and the leagues the, the the playoff games didn't fall on the you know within a week on the right spot a, a couple of years ago and then like I said everything has been kind of paused by the pandemic but but um, the spirit of why that is a good idea people don't struggle with we just kind of figure out the details of it Pierre thanks for taking time out of your schedule you're welcome on the show anytime if you want uh, to chat in the future i'd be more than happy to take your call and hopefully you'll take my call too because we need to work together to promote our athletes thanks for your time uh this is a pleasure thanks for having me that's beer arsenal the new ceo of U sports sounds like a good dude and uh, hopefully we can get this thing uh continued uh moving forward when we come back we'll uh Chop up some of the sports stories, and then we'll chase the ace with a Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation. This is the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. And that's what we try to do, shoot the thrill! With our Iron Man producer, Sean Kleisinger, on the other side, pumping the tunes. Ballsy with you. We'll chase the ace in a few seconds with Cindy Fuchs. Want to get to our sports cage clutch performance. And for the fifth time in as many nights during the SJHL playoffs, they had overtime in the lone game on the schedule yesterday. The Estevan Bruins won their third straight game after dropping the series opener. This time, 3-2 in overtime. They beat Notre Dame to grab a 3-1 stranglehold. And the clutch performer was... Kalen Fitzpatrick, he scored the winner 5-0-1 into overtime, sending the Bruins home with a chance to move on to the league semis. All of the three other series resume tonight. Yorkton up 3-1, looking to end it in Game 5 in Melford. Flynn Flon returns to the Battlefords after evening up that series two games apiece, winning both on Whitney Forum home ice. And Humboldt and LaRange will break a 2-2 deadlock. It's in Humboldt tonight, so I will uh, get back to more SJHL talk and see how the series shake down on the other side of the weekend. And of course, you may or may not have heard, Touchdown Atlantic will touch down in Atlantic Canada, and it'll go down July 16th. It'll be the Riders and the Argonauts. Uh, this will be the uh, fifth time that the Argonauts have played in the game. Uh, this will be played at Acadia University, the home of Mike McCullough, where he played St. FX. Uh, well, 
no, that isn't. He played at St. FX. I'm sorry. It's in Wolfville, Nova Scotia, but same vicinity, out way out east, where we just had our guest, Pierre Arsenault. He's out east uh, where they're getting snow in um, New Brunswick and in that area. Uh, it has a capacity of 3,000 fans, so it'll be a smaller venue. So uh, you'll obviously hear that game right here on 620 CKRM. Plenty of more sports talk to get to, but on the other side of the commercial break... We are going to chase the ace, brought to you by Viterra, presented by the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation, a chance to win big cash. It's a win-win. You win and you give back to the community. This is the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. And it's time to chase the ace here on this uh, Friday our show brought to you by Nelson Holmes. We got lots to get to, but we want to get to giving away some money. Cindy Fuchs from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders Foundation is joining us in our big boardroom where we always do this. What is this? Is this uh, week 18? It's week 18, yeah. Oh, hard to believe. Hard I to know. believe. I saw you over at uh, Mosaic Stadium earlier today, and you yep. were saying, okay, well, I don't know if we'll get to 100000 We're going to try to crack 100000 What's our jackpot at today? Like the cumulative jackpot at right now? Well, maybe I should have been more positive. We we did crack it. Oh. $102,099. Awesome. Somebody today is going to win $7,580. That is outstanding. Are you pretty excited? We That's kind, guaranteed. Yeah, that is guaranteed. Yeah. We kind of talked about this uh, earlier Um the last time you were on, but the the Great Cup Festival, it's all going to be under one roof. And yeah. we didn't have the International Trade Center the last time. We'll talk to Tim Reed about that over at the Real District here after 5 o'clock. It's really going to be cool to have everything at one site. Yeah, it'll be great. And actually, it'll be really great for because the foundation will be running the 50-50. Okay. And uh, so that allows us to actually sell a lot of 50-50 tickets. So that's also a fundraiser for the foundation. You know, um, I was actually talking, because I'm a former Ram, former yeah. voice of the Rams, and I was talking to the Rams about, okay, because they used to get the 50-50, and I yep. thought, okay, how is that hurting you guys? It actually, it's helped us. It's the the We... We get the proceeds in the building, but then they give us our portion outside, and it's actually worked out pretty good. So it's yeah. uh, it, it helps out. But this doesn't just go to the Rams. It goes to a bunch of different places. Can you just kind of fill the people in? Because it is a win-win. You're helping yeah. yourself out if you win, but you're helping people think, oh, it's going to the Rough Riders. It's not going to the Rough Riders. Yeah. It's going to the community. Yeah, it's going to a bunch of charities. Actually, we I just finished the year end because end of March, we we will have given out about $1.8 in this province from the foundation, not just from raffling or 50-50, but the foundation, all of it put together. Uh, but the Rams are certainly a fantastic partner. I mean, mm-hmm. we couldn't have done it without them selling tickets and mm-hmm. you know, hawking them at the games. Mm-hmm. And then all the other elite teams, Huskies, Hilltops, Thunder, Valkyries, mm-hmm. the women's teams, mm-hmm. Riot, Kids Sport. Well, really like that one. And the money goes too to the, like, there's a Northern League Northern up there, right? League. We've had that. Does yeah. it just go to football or does it go to other no. ventures too? No, that's just the amateur football arm. But then education, we're doing rider reading program will start in April where riders are going into schools all over the province again. Mm-hmm. We missed it for a few years. Yeah. Uh, reading to kids, encouraging reading. And then our mental health program that'll launch in September. And uh, and then we also have a partnership with Jim Patterson Children's Hospital. So we've got lots of things in different buckets that are helping, but Big one, and that's, obviously, football. And before we get to the draw here, that's one other thing I wanted to mention. That's a key. We're getting back to normal, and the Rough Riders are the biggest brand in the province, or right there is the biggest yep. brand, and you get to have the Dan Clarks and those guys get back in the community, which really kind of, I mean, it hurt because they couldn't go out and talk to kids, yep. but it hurts your brand, too, because there's yep. no face-to-face, right? 
Right, and out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. You know, I talked to the players that are going to be doing a lot of the work this year. This year, I, uh, this week, I phoned them, and they're so pumped. They mm-hmm. can hardly wait to get back in schools, get back mm-hmm. with kids on the field. Like, um, it really gave me a boost this week as well. Just oh. talking to them. Well, let's give away some Cindy Fuchs kind of money you here. Betcha. Okay, okay. Seventy five hundred and eighty dollars is the weekly prize. It's uh, it's kind of what uh, what Cindy carries around in her purse usually. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna go and we're gonna draw somebody here, and they'll automatically win that and then they'll have an opportunity to win over a hundred thousand hundred and two thousand dollars if they get the ace of spades okay so uh, let's uh, pick a name if we can we do we have a name okay barb decker from spy hill oh cool yeah barb decker from spy hill so mm. our program director abby white will run that down the hallway uh you you mentioned this uh i'm wearing a san diego padres orange or yellow and uh gray uh sweater and it has sd on the chest it's a funny story because I'm sitting at UND watching my kid practice, and everybody thinks I'm a South Dakota scout, just kind of like you said, right? Mm-hmm. And the the one big booster guy comes up to me, and and it actually became a talking point. He owns all these car dealerships. So then we sit, and we're sitting there watching practice. He goes, which one's your son? I said, that one. I've never seen this before. They're in the middle of practice. This is how it's kind of different. He walks down during practice. That's how much clout he has. Talks to the coach, comes back up, sits next to me, goes, yeah, he, you're, he really likes your son, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you just went down in the middle of practice to talk to the head coach. It's kind of crazy. But in yeah. this, in their indoors facility, what's neat is Dressler's picture, little wee Weston Dressler. I think he was wearing number 10 there. He's up on the wall, and it's uh, it's real cool to to see that. And Scott Schultz, his uh, face is up there. It's kind of nice. Would have been the young Scott and the young Weston, yes, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, Scott may have been smaller, <laughs> I don't think you can make Weston Dressler any smaller. Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. we also have another announcement. The Riders are going to be playing in Touchdown Atlantic there uh, at Wolfville, Nova Scotia, on the site of Acadia University. I think it's the fifth one. Uh, you guys were supposed to be there in 2020, and then yeah. things kind of went sideways, as we know. So that's going to be exciting for the team, too. Yeah, and a cool little story there is that one of our um, really great community ambassadors, Brett Lother, is mm-hmm. from there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's our kids sport ambassador. And so he's done a ton of work over the last year and even the off seasons to support kids sport. And so he gets to go home. And mm-hmm. uh, so kids sport uh, Nova Scotia is really excited about that as well. That is a cool, that is a really cool story. He's a good yeah, guy. He's a he's really, really good, good yeah. Really, another guy that I really love on the team is the Jorgen Hughes. He's always oh, yeah. uh, up for a talk and he's been on yeah. here with us before. He was on a couple of weeks ago. Is he a guy that gets out in the community too with he the does. schools? Yeah. 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 And we're engaging a few new guys so that we can keep it going. Okay, so yeah. let's. Uh, uh, what was the name again? Sorry, Barb. Barb, Barb Decker. Barb Decker. Okay, Barb yeah. Decker, Spy Hill. She's on the phone. Barb, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Barb. Uh, okay, so which pack did you buy to get in on this lottery? Did you buy like uh, one? Did you buy ten? Which pack did you buy? I think I bought the ten. You think you have so much money you didn't know what pack you bought or what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's crazy. So I, do you? I don't remember. <laughs> Well, that's a good problem to have. Um, you, you know, it's Do funny. Do I need to know the correct answer? You don't need to know the correct answer. You're kind of okay, you remind good. me of Mar- you remind me of former Stampeder and current Ram kicking uh, kicking coach Mark McLaughlin. I asked him why he's not in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. He forgot to retire. How do you forget to retire <laughs> from professional football? Like it's crazy. Okay, so we got good news, Cindy. Tell her the good news for her for Barb. So you are getting Barb seven thousand five hundred and eighty dollars today. Oh wow! That's yours. Thank you so much. But that's not it, Barb. You have an opportunity to win how much, Cindy? 
Barb, you can win $102,099 as well. Wow. Now what okay, you I have to pick the right number, right? Yeah, that's right. Between one and 52. Now you pick a number. There are some that have already been picked because we're in week 18 now. So 17 are gone. If you pick one that's already picked, they'll just tell you to move on to the next number. So between one and 52, Barb, you got to get the ace of spades to get all the money. So go ahead. Oh my gosh. Um, what number am I going to pick? Mm hmm. Between I'm one gonna, and I'm going to pick number 40. 40 is open. 40 is open. So we're going to uh, reach into our uh, group of envelopes. Cindy has it. You can watch this all streaming too. Cindy's opening it up here. You get the ace of spades. You pick up over 102,000. In addition to the 7,580, you've already won. Okay. Fingers are crossed. Four of diamonds. Four of diamonds. But, I mean, hey, if the worst thing that happens to you today is you win 7580 bucks, I'd call that a pretty good day. You didn't even know what pack you won to, or bought to win this thing. Here's the, here's, the be here's the beauty, though, Barb. Cindy will fill you in. She can still win, right? Like, she doesn't, it's not like she's ruled out now. No, she can enter again and again and again and keep trying. Okay, awesome. Well, I, I do every week. Oh, well, good. There you go. Okay, Perfect. so so uh, so um, what are you going to do with seventy five hundred and eighty bucks? I don't know. Go on a holiday, maybe. That'd be good. Yeah, we can do we that can now. Do that. We can do that now. Absolutely. Well. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Well, thank you very much uh, for uh, listening. Uh, thank you very much for your pay uh, patronage as it comes to buying the tickets. And she can buy again starting when. Five o'clock tonight. So five o'clock tonight. It's the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation Chase the Ace Lottery presented by our good friends at Viterra. Barb, thank you. Cindy, thank you. Thank we'll be you. back. Yeah, we'll be back with more of the sports cage right after this. It's four forty-two with the sports sticker. I'm Sean Kleisinger. The Toronto Blue Jays will begin a significant renovation of Rogers Center next offseason, overhauling the thirty-two-year-old stadium's lower bowl and concourses in a project that's expected to be completed in time for the 2024 Major League Baseball season and more stadium news because the cage is your source for stadium news. The Buffalo Bills have reportedly moved closer to landing a $200 million uh, in funding from the NFL to help finance their bid to build a new stadium. The initial okay has been confirmed. And uh, speaking of the Toronto Blue Jays, let's talk about them again quickly. Uh, the Jays are the 14th most valuable franchise in Major League Baseball. According to the latest valuation rankings by Forbes magazine, the Blue Jays are valued at $1.78 billion, a 6% increase from last year. Topping the ranks this year are, of course, the New York Yankees at $6 billion. And Forbes reports that the Yankees trail only the Dallas Cowboys, who are valued at $6.5 billion as the world's most valuable franchise. Some interesting tidbits coming out today. Sports tickers for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right, 781-2090. All right, and our show on this Friday brought to you by Nelson Holmes. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Time to head out on that hotline and speak with curling great Ben Hebert. Uh, Hebes, you weren't kidding when you said the curling world would be rocking after the briar, rocking as in a shakeup. Just your thoughts on, first off, your time with the Cooey Rink. Yeah, well, uh, 
you know, obviously, you know, eight amazing years, won a lot of, won a lot of stuff, lost a lot of stuff, but, um, you know, to be that consistent on top of uh, the world rankings for, for eight years with Kevin and, and Nixon and driving in a couple teammates, Mark Kennedy, Brent Lang, and then, you know, Colton Flash, Sean Morris, BJ Newfeld, but the, the two staples are me and Kevin and, you know, heck of a run. And we had some great partners along the way and some amazing memories, you know, it's tough to, tough to get those memories and uh that's kind of why you're still playing right you chase those those trophies and pictures of family and friends and sponsors and yeah it's pretty amazing to look back on the eight years and all we accomplished but uh you know looking forward uh to finishing the season and, and moving on with the future when did you know your team was going to be uh finished um well we kind of knew that this current makeup of team Cooey was kind of built for 2026 right it was built for this year and you know, if you look at our results, we're, we're the third-ranked team in the world right now. You know, we finished third place with the Canadian Olympic Trials, had a great run there, uh, disappointing finish, and then obviously had a really good briar and even a worse disappointing finish. You know, that was an easy briar win for us that we kind of let get away. But um, so pretty frustrated with, you know, the missed opportunities. But if you look at consistency uh, throughout the season, uh, we had a great year overall, and it's not done yet. But I think if you just look, look at the makeup of our team and, the age of the players, and we knew John Morris was done men's after the year, so he was retiring with B.J. Newfeld being in uh, Manitoba and with the big shakeups uh, across the board, which I think you could kind of see was going to happen. You know, me and Kevin talked after the Olympic trials and discussed what we wanted to do together as teammates, and we uh, we decided that we wanted to, to try something new and go in a new direction and, and start something fresh, whether it be if Kevin retired or if I retired or if we found new teammates or whatever. And, yeah, we just decided that that was, uh, that was what was going to be best for both of us at this time in our, in our life. So it's amicable then? It was very amicable, yeah. yeah okay. Hey, so let's talk about uh, the new team. Tell me about the new, the new future for Ben Hebert. Well... We haven't announced anything yet. I know there's been some rumors flying mm-hmm. around out there. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to comment too much on that. Are they true? For, Are they is for it, obvious? Well, well, there's, there's there's potential that maybe they're true, but uh, you know what they say about rumors? Yeah. Sometimes they're true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, we've had, I've had some good chats, and obviously I've, had, I've talked to a lot of the curlers here over the last couple months, and you know, big changes uh, across the board, and. You know, just out of respect for, you know, some of the curlers and things going on here in the world. You know, world championships coming up and the players, you know, I'll, I will discuss that. But uh, here's all I know I can say is I'm not retiring. You know, I will, I will be playing, um, you know, what I think is going to be a very competitive team and had some good chats. And, you know, excited to start something fresh. And, you know, as you, as you know, Valzi, as we get older here, you need some little bit of, uh, a little bit of juice to get, yeah. to get the, old, the old engine running these days, a little bit of new blood. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's something that's exciting, you know, and um yeah, we're gonna work hard, but uh we'll talk about the new team when the new team officially gets announced. Okay, but let's ask this. Are, are you highly when 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 people knew you were gonna shake free, were you highly sought after? What does that look like? Yeah, I mean the curling world's interesting because uh, you know, we don't have general managers and coaches, right? But you know, all the players know each other really, really well. You know, we've played against Brad Gushu, Brad Jacobs, you know, Brendan Botcher, John Epping, Reed Crothers, Mike McEwen, Matt Dunstone. Like we see each other every weekend. We're friends. We've all, you know, at some point curled with or against each other. We've had beers. We've chatted. You know, we know the personalities. We've golfed. So it's it's pretty easy to see kind of who you'd fit with. Like I know, you know, the curling fans are like, Oh, that guy's not gonna work with that guy, and that guy's not gonna be like, guys, 
We know everybody. This isn't like it's not like fluke where we we, we risk these, you know, yeah. relationships or personalities. Like we know, right? We're in it. So, and, and how it works basically, it's uh, you know, we laugh every four years. It's, it's the shady backdoor texting of uh, the curling free agency. So, it's literally guys, you know, blowing up other guys' phones, asking them what they're doing and if they could see a future together and who what kind of team they want to build and. And then you kind of go from there. It starts with two guys that say, hey, would you like to team up? Yeah, who do you like? And you go after that guy, and then you go after the next guy until you find the, the four-man team that you like. So it's a little bit interesting, and, you know, I'm, I'm actually grateful it doesn't happen more than once every four years because it's a bit of a bit of pain in the ass, and, you know, there's, there's hard feelings and friendships and, and long-term relationships and things that, you know, kind of get, you know, overlooked because in the end, at, at the top level, everybody wants to win. And you kind of put the team together that you think uh, has the best chance of winning, getting to the top of the podium. And sometimes that's change and change is hard to do. And, and sometimes it's not, sometimes you got the best team and you keep the train rolling. So uh, that's kind of how it works. Um, but yeah, I've, uh, I've landed in a nice little spot and mm-hmm. I can, I can say uh, confidently my phone wasn't super quiet over the last few months. I had a, I had a few juicy little offers that's if good. I wanted the if I wanted to take up. So that's good to know that, the game is still tight and you're still wanted. Uh, so that was nice to see. Yeah, it's a, you, you talk about juice to get you going. It's also nice to be wanted. Like you said, when you get older, you're like, man, has the game passed me by? So it's good that it hasn't. So have you lost any friendships because of this kind of shady every four-year deal? Uh, no, I've been no, I've been lucky as hell. I mean, um, you know, I curled with Kevin Martin for eight years. And then I curled with Kevin Cooey for eight years. So... I guess I haven't been cut yet, so that's <laughs> nice. Um, and you know, I've got to, you know, I've got to, you know, paint the path of basically my own future. And so far, it's been at my own time. And you know, I'd like to just as long as my game continues to stay good and stay in good shape and just keep sweeping my sweeping my bag off, I think I'm going to be able to dictate that until I want to be done. So I don't think uh, there's ever a time in my career where my game isn't up to par where I'll want to continue playing. I think that, uh, you know, I'm pretty self-aware that if I'm at the top of my game and I think I can still be great, I'm going to want to do that. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, no, I haven't lost any friendships, at least not that I know of, but, uh, and we've had some, some tough decisions, you know, we've made a couple changes and moves that maybe your, your heart didn't want to make, but, uh, you know, you knew going down that path of certain fits and skill level and, and things to do to upgrade your team that you have to do. Um, but no, I mean, I'm still friends with, I think, at least I, I think I'm still friends with all my ex-teammates, and I, I hope it stays that way. We have a lot of good memories. And to be able to go back and talk about all the things you won and, and have a beer and reminisce about stories, I mean, those are the those are the best things about our sport and the reason I still play. Yeah, ben Heber joining us for a couple more quick minutes. He's got to go be a hockey dad right away. His kid's playing in a... In a hockey tournament, we'll uh, chat about that in a quick second. Uh, you lost that briar, uh, a winnable briar. Uh, you looked, my son and I were laughing. You uh, you didn't even want to put the medal around your neck. You were very bitter. So uh, we both chuckled at your competitive spirit. Um, but can you comment on on Gushu and a three-man team? And, and, and even though you lost and you hate that you lost and you think it had more to do with you than them winning – just the respect you have for what he had to do, not only in beating you, but just getting to play you with three guys. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it was a brutal loss for one. I mean, we were 
we were the best team there that week, certainly towards the end. You know, I think that, you know, it's safe to say, and, you know, I'm comfortable saying that Brad Gushu's current foursome is a, is a more consistent, better team than our current foursome. You know, they've had more success, but, you know, we've beat them lots, and they've beat us more than we beat them, and, you know, they've won more than us. So for me to say that I think we're better than them, it's foolish. So, you know, I think with their regular team, with Mark Nichols playing third, and, you know, they were on a bit of a groove, they were playing really well, um, you know, they, they probably beat us. You know, they were they were trending in the right direction. They were eight no, they were playing great, motivated. You know, certainly what happened with Mark going out with COVID and then you know, then we were heavy favorites. You know, at at that point we just kinda have to stay on our own two feet and, and just participate in the game and, and be aware and yeah, we fell asleep. You know, super frustrating to lose like that. You know, I have no problem. If teams outplay you, you know, you play a good game and they outplay you and win, you know, hats off and you know, a big congratulations for playing great and Unfortunately, that's not what happened in that final. You know, we kind of gave them that one. And I think that they, yeah, for, for what they did, though, incredible. I mean, you know, Brett's an animal, you know, playing mm-hmm. second and sweeping every rock. You know, Jeff Jeff Walker, you know, there's a lot of leads that are just good leads. Uh, Jeff Walker's a good curler. You know, he's uh, he could play second. I mean, he used to skip back in the day. So, right. you know, he throws it good. So I, I, But the thing is, we didn't underestimate them. Like, we know, like, Jeff's a good curler and Brett's not really a second. Like, Brett could play third or skip a lot of teams, right? So, and Brett Gushu is the best curler in the world right now, or the best, at least the best skip in Canada. So, you know, it was, it was disappointing. Um, you don't, you know, those guys earn so many of their wins that they don't need you to give them any, you know, because they're yeah, good enough right. that they just, they win on their own. So, to give them a free one like that, you know, I puke in my mouth, a little bit disappointed. That was an easy, easy win for us if we just, just, uh, you know, stayed on our feet. But, yeah, we barfed one up, and that was that was a shame. But you know what? It was still a great briar for us, you know, hometown. It was awesome. The crowd was amazing. You know, Brad's team, as unfortunate it was, Mark went down. You know, they're they're probably the best team, and they're going to the world, and they'll represent us good. But, um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say about no, that. No, no, that's good, and, and you put it perfectly. Hey, I saw on your Instagram that Bo Levi Mitchell was with you on a hockey rink. Did you teach him how to skate? <laughs> no, it was just... I don't know if it was his first time, but it was closest for time. We went skating with the kids there. Uh, yeah. Was that yesterday we went or two days ago we went? Uh, two days ago, my little guy's playing hockey and my daughter's trying out ring at here. That's what I got to run off to here right okay. away. But, um, but uh, so we took Bo and his daughters out. They wanted to skate. And so we snagged one of my other buddies' pair of skates and Bo came out and wheeled around. It was funny. You can tell he was from Texas, but you know what? For his first time, I was expecting like, you know, Bambi out there and falling. I was like, dude, you better put a helmet on. But no, he uh, he did pretty well. Did you? Last question. Did you ever think a Saskatchewan boy that's a passionate Rough Rider fan, and you are, would be friends with the Calgary Stampeders starting quarterback, public enemy number one in Rider Nation? <laughs> well, one, I'm not that psycho of a sports fan to think like the dudes on the other team are bad guys. Like, <laughs> you know, I think because I play, uh, I play a sport at a high level against teams. Like, you know, we play against, mm-hmm. you know, Nicholas Hedin or, or, or Bruce Mullet or whether it be, yeah. you know, a Gushu Jacobs. And like when you're playing them, yeah, they're public enemy. Number one, you hate them. But because I know them, like I know these people, they're good people. They do the same stuff as us. They work hard. I think I have a pretty good perspective of, you know, whether it be Fajardo or Caleros or Bo, like these guys are professional athletes that, that work hard. And regardless of what team I cheer for, I think because I'm an athlete, I have something in common that I, I can just uh, assume. I mean, hey, 
probably bad dudes everywhere and good people everywhere. But for the most part, I give everybody uh, give everybody a chance. And yeah, when I met him, he's, he's a, you'd like him too, Baldy. He's a good guy, and he just throws the ball for the other team. So uh, I do like him. Gonna, I do like yeah. him. You hooked us up, so I'm I'm friends with him. I'm a I'm a Bo Levi Mitchell fan. I don't care if Ryder Nation doesn't like me saying that. I I'm I think he's going to have a good year. I think it's going to be a big year in Calgary. It's going to be a very tough West Division. Okay, get to Ringette and hockey. Thanks for uh, guesting with me today. All right, big cat. We'll talk to you later. That's Ben Hebert joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Ballsy with you in the big chair. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Like I said, dinner time, game time, anytime, a great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza location about their specials. You can text us at 936-6262. It's powered by Capital Ford Lincoln, Saskatchewan's number one Ford dealership. Uh, we do want to uh, tell you that uh, Donuts... Beat out motorcycles in our tournament of awesome. Yes, and so the next, so you picked one zinger and it was right. Yeah, uh, first time all week actually. Yeah. Okay, so uh, next zinger in the next right. matchup, books or swimming pools. <laughs> Ooh, I'm gonna go books, books, books. I, I think so too. Yep. I'm I, I'm not a big wa- like I like being in the water. I can't swim, so if I want to relax, I'm not. I don't read much either. But if I have to pick, I'm probably going. Yeah, I'm going books. books. That's yeah. a good one though. Books, books, books. So you can weigh in nine three six sixty two sixty two. The number to text. And I'll tell you what. Keep texting because one of those texters will be in on a lottery ticket tonight. I'll give another lottery ticket away. Okay. Yo, me and baby. me and you and another winner. The big draws tonight. Isn't I know. It? I know. I'll get it. I'll get it. Don't worry. I'll get the ticket. You, you got to get there in time. Maybe uh, during the news here. <laughs> yeah. Nine three six sixty two sixty two. The number to text. You weigh in on our tournament of awesome books or swimming pools, and from. Somewhere there, Zinger will pick a winner to be in on the $70 million with uh, myself, Zinger, and you, whoever you are. Hey, speaking of March Madness, how about uh, two number ones going out yesterday? Arkansas, as my dad likes to say. Arkansas, Arkansas beats Gonzaga. They choke again. And then uh, Houston over Arizona. Houston over Arizona. And a lot of people had Gonzaga, Arizona in the final. I had Arizona winning the final. So, uh, but my bracket was done on day one, anyways. Doesn't really matter. But I was I was glued to uh, the, the Duke game. Man, it's, they're playing it, hard for Coach K, yeah, aren't they? I was loving that game. I'm, I'm cheering for Duke all the way this year, just for Coach K. I love watching that guy. Yeah. Uh, coach during the game, like he's nearly on the court directing traffic when the game. I'm on. cheering for him too. It's yeah. like last man standing, yeah. his last chance. Wouldn't, like I said before, when Luke was in here this week, wouldn't it be great to be the guy to knock Coach K out? That's like one of one. Nobody will end Coach K's career except for you. Yeah, I, I think that's what it is, guys. We can't let somebody end Coach K's career. Yeah. He's got to go out in a high note. So, yeah, yeah uh, that's a cool story to watch. Lots of other things to get to. We'll get to some more sports shorts before uh, 5.30. Shaq Evans will join us after 5. And Tim Reed coming up at 5.05 with the Real District. we got lots to talk to him about. This is the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. Wrapping up a week of sports talk. The best sports talk show in the province right here is the Sports Cage. Ballsy in the big chair across the glass for me is our outstanding producer, Sean Kleisinger. We'll get to some of our texts with our tournament of awesome bracket in a second keep texting in 936-6262 that is the uh text line powered by capital ford link it's saskatchewan's number one for dealership and we'll pick a random texter that weighs in on our tournament of awesome and you'll be in to win 70 million with zinger and me 
70 million, but there's 13 one million dollar prizes too. Jim, I think it was uh, Joey from uh, Radville is in on the first ticket. I, I just sent him the ticket via text, so he's got it. Now, uh, I do want to mention this show is brought to you by our good friends at Nelson Homes. We got to give them their just due, uh, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. A uh, couple of other things here, Zinger. Uh, I don't know if you saw this or not, but uh, the Oilers honored this five-year-old kid yesterday, Ben Stetler. Uh, I think that's his last name. Uh, he got to skate as the extra man out on the ice with Connor McDavid. That's his favorite player. He went to the post-game press conference with Zach Hyman, uh, and then they welcomed him into the dressing room and gave him the hard hat for the player of the game. I thought, you know what, that really puts sports in perspective. Like, that's what it's all about. Wins and losses, fire that bomb, whatever. That was a classy move by the Edmonton Oilers organization. Kind of brings a tear to your eye it almost. It does, man. Yeah. You picture yourself as a kid, like, getting that opportunity, mm-hmm. how much that would mean to you. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just amazing. I love seeing that stuff. And Wanda Heron from Wanda Heron Photography listens to the show. She put gave us a nice note on Facebook. Just wanted to pass along how good of a job we think you, meaning me, and Sean, meaning you, are doing on the sports cage. Really liking the variety of guests, and it's good to hear more coverage of the SJHL. Keep up the good work. We talked about the Estevan Bruins and our clutch performance uh, earlier in the show, Sports Cage Clutch Performance. They are up three games to one on Notre Dame. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime, a great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza location about their specials. Before we get to the text, I didn't mention this. It's bad of me. Uh, Canada's bid to seal World Cup qualification was put on hold after a one nothing loss to Costa Rica yesterday. They played a man down, 10 men, for two-thirds of the match. And, and they act- That they- stuff was BS. Yeah, it was, but they actually controlled the yeah. second half and just couldn't get that goal. Now, they they still have a chance to qualify for their first World Cup since 1986. They play number 62 ranked Jamaica sold out BMO Field. That will be on Sunday. a Sunday. And yep. if they win, they'll be off to Cutter in 2022. Let's get to a couple of those text zinger on the uh, Capital Ford Lincoln text line. Yeah, Clayton texted in. He says 100, uh, 100% books over uh, swimming pools. Yep. So that's one vote for books. And the other one here, uh, Josh texts in and says books all day. So that's 2-0 for books on the text line. Diane says swimming pool with a cool oh, okay. face emoji with the sunglasses on. And then the other text message is... Uh, how can we get men's and women's rugby going at U Sport? Yeah. So that's an interesting, that's yeah. a good text right there, too. Of course, if you missed the show, we kicked it off with Pierre Arsenault, the new CEO of U Sports. Let's head out on the Western Pizza Hotline. He's been waiting patiently. The CEO of the Real District, that would be our friend Tim Reed. Tim, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Good, man. So um, now I know the government. It's never easy being in government. And they when their budget came down, they said, Hey, we're gonna we're gonna put taxes, the PST on sporting games, on entertainment, on gym memberships, things like that. Which is kind of funny to do it on a gym membership when they say the money's going to healthcare and more specifically cutting down surgical wait times. I don't think anybody can argue that healthcare is more important than sports and concerts, okay? But a, were you surprised? And B, would you have loved to have had some sort of say in the process? Because I know the riders would. It's, I'll tell you what, those are the industries that were, the, besides you sports, those were the industries hardest hit. You guys didn't, like, there was nothing going on. No, I mean, when you work in an industry that's dependent upon bringing people together, and everything around COVID-19 is about keeping people apart and separated and safe, uh, it was just brutal on our industry. And 
you know, the reality of it is, is the government of Saskatchewan is fantastic with us. We can ask for better partners to, to navigate COVID or our recovery with. And, and, and we've had great relationships, certainly throughout my tenure at the real district with the government of Saskatchewan. The reality of it is, this is, is our frustration was we just wanted a heads up. Yeah, no, and it is. It, it is tough. It feels like it does. It feels like because you get you get and I don't know what the actually I could ask you. So on, on on an average, like or on a regular event, what is the fees? Like if you go to a concert or a Pats game, what are the fees that go on top of the basic ticket? Can you t- do you know that off the top of your head? Sorry for putting you on the spot. Yeah, I, no, I do. And it really varies depending on what the event is. Sometimes it's a percentage. Sometimes it's a fixed fee. You know, that being said, it's generally somewhere between 4 and 7% is kind of where that generally sits. Some of that goes directly to Ticketmaster. Some of that you get to keep as the box office. You know, what's really interesting about this is if you, you watch a national concert, I think why our, our push on this was just to understand the ramifications of it. Because when we go on sale for concert with one of our concert promoters, it, if it's $100 in Regina, it's $100 in Toronto, $100 in Vancouver, mm-hmm. and then they deduct all the fees. So it's not as simple as saying, hey, this is just going to pass through to the customer. It's going to be another ticket tax, essentially. It, it actually comes directly off our bottom line. And so for us, the challenge with it is it, it actually costs us 6% of our earnings. It's not something that we can easily pass on to the consumer because, to be honest, the promoter sets the ticket price, and we just, we just eliminate the fees off of it. Yeah, see, because as a consumer, it feels, and I've heard a lot of people talk about this, It's a, it feels like it's a tax on top of a tax. Like, you're already taxing, like, you're already getting taxed to go to the event, and now you're taxing a tax. It's it, it's very frustrating for the consumer. And I I don't, this is my own thoughts, okay, and you can piggyback this how it affects you, but you look at the CFL. We're trying to get younger people to come to the games and younger families to come to the games. Like, the guy who's sitting at the 55-yard line at a rider game, generally, he probably has money to sit at the 55 yard line he's a 50 year old plus guy that decided to spend his extra income there okay and so you're not going to lose that guy but you're going to lose the 30 something year old that wants to bring two uh, two kids to a riders game in this case and he can't afford to and he might as well stay home and watch it because guess what it's free at home and then you, you factor in those Saskatonians or people from Yorkton and PA they got to pay the high gas prices to come in here They're, you know that hurts the bottom line and for a team like the Rough Riders who were out of sight out of mind for a year I, I haven't talked to them personally but I can bet do- dollars to donuts they, 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 they know the government has a tough job but man that's a kick in the you know what and I'm, I'm sure you're feeling the same way we're trying to attract young people we want young people to get out in our community enjoy our things but if they can't afford to that sucks well to your point I mean the Riders are a really good example where we have a ticket fee that's $12 on every ticket that's charged at Mosaic Stadium. And so that ticket fee can range. I think what you really touched on is spot on. The challenge that we're facing is is not necessarily about additional taxes or tariffs or fees or frankly costs. This is our industry's always been about disposable income. To your point, you know what, we're going to go see a hockey game or a football game or a youth board game or a, you know, a, a concert if, if we can afford to do it. We're going to generally take care of the things that are more pressing in life. But our disposable income bucket as citizens is being challenged right now with inflation sitting at 5.7% nationally. And so, you know, unless you're seeing a 6% raise next year, you're falling behind on inflation, which is going to directly impact your disposable income, which is what you use to go to Pats games or Riders games, come to a concert with us. And so, you know, the challenge with this is just add inflation, add 6% to this, 
had the challenges of recovering from COVID, and it's not simply, hey, we're going to put a new tariff on on entertainment. It's just a very bizarre time to do it. Yeah, okay. So let's talk about, you guys put a survey out, Brand Center on the survey. Were you surprised by any of the findings? I think the average was three out of five people rated the Brand Center. Is that kind of where you thought it would be? Yeah, I would start by saying I was surprised by how many people participated. Almost 6,000 people participated in the survey. So lots of interest. Now, that being said, those that participated were active users of the building that go to concerts and go to hockey games. And, yeah, your your average score was was a 3.7 out of 5. You know, for a building that's 44 years old, as a 44-year-old guy, if I could score a 3.7 out of 5 on the average day, i consider it a good day. <laughs> yeah, the is, yeah. is the Brand Center does a great job for what it is you know it is a it's a fantastic aged multi-purpose event center that uh, was once called the you know the the agrodome star theater and it's just an aging piece of infrastructure but people said hey you know what it's okay but we do need to talk about what comes next. You know, I love it as a WHL rink. I'm in both. I'm in both worlds. I'm in the sports world, and I'm in the rock and roll world on the Wolf. Okay, and the same would be for country music too. So, I, I think it's a great WHL rink. Yeah, it's older, but it's still there's no bad seat in the barn uh, with that new clock there and everything. It looks great, um, and the seats are nice. And I think it's pretty good. I mean, could you have a better? better uh, concessions and a better setup for the concessions, yes, but to, you know, to change the configuration would cost way more than it's worth. I, I don't know that it's great anymore for concerts, for loading in, loading out, and the acoustics. So, what's the vision? Like, what are we looking at here? Would, would we like to eventually see something else on-site? Obviously, from your organization standpoint, Tim Reed, you would, but what's the vision here? Yeah, I think the vision to this, and we have a committee that represents numerous stakeholders engaged with this project and and really where they've landed is time to rebuild the brand center now we don't need to do it overnight and we don't need to do it tomorrow but we do need to start to recognize hey the future of the brand center is actually in a new multi-purpose mid-size event center that shows up somewhere in our city that facility is probably 10 12,000 seats you know delivers a great product for hockey basketball potentially lacrosse converts easily to to be a great concert and live entertainment venue and and ultimately as much as we're leading that process as real we recognize that similar to other cities in western canada and across the globe that type of investment needs to be about city building and generational or transformational change for our cities so you know right now the committee is looking at should that go at the yard should it go somewhere downtown should it stay on the real site and, and I think it, it really is still up in the air, which is why we're in the market asking the public to tell us, hey, if, if we were to build a new facility, where would you want to put it? So you'd obviously ideally want it to stay there because then you'd be in control of it. But if it goes off-site, can you guys control it? Can you, if it say it's at the yards, can you still be a part of it if it's not on your site? You know, according, and I want to be really careful because, I mean, I... I came from Edmonton where we went from the transition of Edmonton Northland and, and Rexall Place into Rogers Place downtown. And, and, and so I appreciate what can happen if you create a district around an arena or around a multi-purpose event center. You know, it really can transform pieces of our city. I very much believe that we as a community need to focus on the health and the strength of our downtown. I think we have to determine a plan for the yards because it's, it, it really is just such a fantastic opportunity. And we've got this great district at, at, at Real that is you know, evolving so quickly. For us as an organization, our mandate as an organization owned by the city, it says we can only work within the 100 acres of land that is the Real District. 
That being said, if, if an arena was to be built downtown, I don't think there's any reason that our owner or city council couldn't say, hey, we'd like you to operate it. Um, that being said, there may be private operators out there that should be considered as well. Mm-hmm. Hey, so Tim Reed from the Real District, the CEO, uh, thank you for joining us. i got a couple more quick questions for you, though. So uh, it's going to be great. 2022 Grey Cup, man. We didn't have the International Trade Center the last time the Grey Cup was here. Uh, it's all going to be under one roof. This really has the potential to be the best Grey Cup ever, not only because it's in the heartland, but because of just the layout. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I mean... I've had the privilege of hosting and being on the planning committee for Grey Cups across Canada. I've had the privilege of going as a fan, I, and, and I love the CFL. I mean, I, I'm a football player. I spent my entire life as a young person playing football. So I'm so thrilled to be able to host it. To, to your point, to be able to host it at New Mosaic Stadium with all of the growth and development that we're seeing at the real districts from you know, new restaurants and new hotels to, to new food and beverage opportunities to the ITC – it's going to be something like the CFL may have never seen before. And what better opportunity to showcase the power of our Canadian football game than in Regina, Saskatchewan, with the Riders winning the Grey Cup and at the Real District. Well, what I see here, and I I know you're going to agree with me on this because I've been pushing this. India, you're a football guy, so you know what I'm talking about. Indianapolis has long been the home of the Combine. Everybody goes there, all the personnel. Now, the football personnel wanted to stay there. The NFL is looking for monetary gain, obviously, and they want to move it around and have it kind of as a bidding process. I, I'm hoping, and I know we'll put on a great event, we put on a, a CFL week that was... Just thrown together, kind of. That's the feel it had, but we pulled it off here with the riders and everybody here and the fandom in in Saskatchewan and in Regina. It was a great week. Then it moved around, and then, of course, COVID shut it down. I would love to see it return. I would love to see it return to Regina because it's got the perfect layout, and this kind of be a home for the Nat with the Combine, oddly enough, down in Toronto right now. We have the Combine. We have CFL week. We have everything combined under one roof. I know you'll agree with me, but I think it could be a really nice setup annually here well you know i i mean i i played at st francis xavier university and uh you know that was my career and then i coached there after i played and and they they had this great pairing between you know at that time the cis world and and the gray cup it was when the vanier and the gray cup happened in the same period of time you know, to, to your con your point like pairing the opportunity for com point connection from our feeder system which is the u sport world into the cfl at a site like ours, I think could be really special. And so I'm always in that ba- a huge advocate of you know, critical mass and clustering only helps everybody out. Mm. And so I think we're going to have a special week, but I would be, you know, like you, let's add more to this week and make it something that's spectacular. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tim, I thank you for your time. I'm going to let you go by saying who is a better football player, you or Mike McCullough? Because I think you ran in the same circles. You guys are buddies. The, I, I think you played together. Who's better, you or Mike McCullough? Well, Mike McCullough clearly was, but I think I was better looking. <laughs> well, that goes without saying. That goes without saying. I don't know how he got Laura. He definitely, as a special teams guy, outkicked his coverage. No doubt about that. No doubt about he that. definitely did. But Mike was a great teammate, and he's still a great friend. He's a great guy. Anyway, thanks for uh, taking time out of your schedule, Tim Reed. We really appreciate it. Hey, thank you. All the best. Stay safe. All right, that is Tim Reed from the Real District talking about the, the Brandt Center survey, the Grey Cup, and things uh, going on in the sporting world. When we come back, we'll talk more sports, and then we'll have Shaq Evans on the line. It's Friday, a football Friday here inside the Octagon, the sports cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM.
You want to get the prediction on the weather for training camp and some rider games in June at home? You keep it locked right here on 620 CKRM, your voice of Rough Rider football and weather prognostication. Jeff, the pig spleen eating weather expert, will join us at 545. I'll even try to get him to look at the spleen and predict if the riders win the Grey Cup or not. Oh. We'll see if we can do that. I don't know if we can because he only predicts from December to June. So I don't know that he can do that, but no, I don't, I don't think, know if no. he has. I don't know if he has sports predictions, but we'll see. We'll see if he can. He judges it by looking at fat and veins and all this. I know it's really exciting. That's but, awesome. But ninety percent accuracy. So. Salivating. There you go. Microphone. Uh, there we go. Okay, uh, we got some texts. Nine three six sixty two sixty two. Our text line brought to you by Capital Ford Lincoln. Our tournament of awesome pools versus books. Yep. Zinger, take it away. Corey. Corey says books. And uh, we got another text in that says, swimming in the ocean. I love it. No, no, no. Pool zinger. uh, Yeah, so what do we do with this text message? Disqualified. It's disqualified. How dare you text the text line like this? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, listen, listen. (laughs) Zinger and I are doing the show, and you are the listeners. (laughs) Hold up your end of the bargain, please. Listen. (laughs) Pools, not oceans. Yeah, oceans in in a different stratosphere. If it was ocean books, I'd throw the books in the ocean and take the ocean. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, so got anything else? Is that good? That's all. That's all okay, for now. Good. So, so right. keep texting me up three zero six nine three six six two six two. We're asking. It's either swimming pools or books. And from the text, just after six o'clock, Zinger will pick a winner, and that winner will go in with Zinger and I on a seventy million dollar ticket. Yeah, you we're don't winning even, it by the way. You so. don't even have to pay anything. You don't have to pay anything. We'll win. We'll come in. We'll all do our show together. The very last sports cage show yeah. that I'll ever be on if I win seventy million. <laughs> I will sit here in my Hugh Hefner robe, smoking, which is against the rules. I don't care. I don't care. You'll anyway. go to outer space, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. I Jeff will ba- get yeah. Jeff Bezos yeah. on the line. You'll yeah. go to outer space. You take me with, uh, take me with you. And by the way, everyone tuning in right now, expecting me to eat crackers. That's happening on Monday. Just yeah, just we're supposed a huge to be shout today. out. I had so much going on. You were supposed to set the record for eating uh, the sports cage record for eating plain soda crackers, yeah. as many as you could get in thirty seconds. It's never been done before. So <laughs> even if you eat two, it'll be a record. That's right. But uh, we'll try that Monday at five twenty. Zinger, please send me a reminder text on I Sunday. Will. I have lots of stuff going on. Hey, a reminder, Pat's Hockey tonight, 635 pregame show. Dante DeCaria on the call. Pat's and the Saskatoon Blades from up in Saskatoon. They're here tomorrow night against the Brandon Wheat Kings. They're four back of a final playoff spot. They got to come up with, I think, at least three points to come up with, yep. uh, you know, to get back in the playoff race. Zinger will have a Pat Chad coming up in a couple of seconds. The uh, WWE has a new series called Evil about the greatest villains in wrestling, and there's a whole episode on the guy Guy who keeps putting all those tables and folding chairs under the ring. Ooh. <laughs> uh, how about this? At just 25 years old, Australian Ashley Ash Barty, the world's top-ranked women's tennis player, said this week she's retiring from the sport. And you can expect her to stay retired. And you know how I know why? Hmm. Because she's not married to Giselle Bungeden. Uh. <laughs> and, and Deshaun Watson did pass his physical with the Cleveland Browns. Now, it Reporters are saying it was a nice change to have him undress in front of somebody and not get charged. Um, I knew the road you're going down. (laughs) Uh, He's reportedly in unbelievable shape, although he's very susceptible to groin pulls. 
<laughs> keep that in mind, Cleveland. You gave him a lot of money, groin pulls. Yeah, just a sidebar. Keep that in mind. He says he's innocent of all uh, of the charges, so we'll yeah. see how so much he has o- to pay. So, so does OG. Yeah, there, where there's smoke, there's fire. Oh, and you know what? This does nothing to do with sports, but it affects all of us. Stephen Wilhite, you know who that is? Stephen Wilhite, no. Fill me in, please. Stephen Wilhite was the inventor of the GIF, and it was the GIF, not the GIF, the GIF. He, he created the GIF that we all have experienced on the Internet. He died last week at the age of 74. He said his first GIF was the, an airplane, something to do with the airplane. So uh, it's time for us. We, our boss, Abby, has opened up. Can you believe this? He has opened up the budget zinger, and we have a sports cage reporter that goes around everywhere. Okay, And this guy is covering the funeral. Let's check in with him, okay? Captain Stu. Steve Wilhite, the man who invented the graphics interchange format, or GIF, has died. Cause of death, we heard he got a virus. His CPU was DOA, so RIP. Instead of being buried, he was downloaded, compressed, reformatted, and dragged into the deleted folder. Bill Gates gave the eulogy and said Steve was very animated. Unfortunately, all his family has now is memory. At the reception, mourners were served streaming Java and a gigabyte of GIF. And finally, rather than going to heaven, he was loaded into the cloud. Reporting from the funeral of the man who invented the GIF, I'm Meme Bitmap. Thanks, Meme. Appreciate that. Meme on the spot there with the funeral for the guy who created the GIF. And you you saw he can't really get it right. It is GIF, not GIF. So I guess uh, our reporter screwed up. And uh, Meme... Bitman, you are fired. Uh, go. When we come back, we'll talk with Shaq Evans of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. This is the Sports Cage on a Friday for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. to the sports cage here on 620 CKRM. Balls in the big chair with Sean Kleisinger, my producer. You can get a hold of us, 936-6262, the number to text. You can also call that number if you want to get in locally. Uh, long distance, toll free, 1-866-767-0620. I want to get to taking more calls. Kind of make it like a, a daytime roundtable where you can call in and uh, kibitz with us. I know when I do dinners across the province, they're like, Ballsy, I love the call-in show, the roundtable, because you get me home. Well, we got the roundtable every day. Why yeah. don't you call us and uh, fire up get those phone lines? work. That's right. So, uh, Zinger, get to the text line. We're asking people, books or swimming pools in our tournament of awesome... Heather says books. It's books, always books. So I think books is running books away with this Books is running thing. away, but we're taking your votes. Yep. And Zinger will pick one of those texters, and they'll be in with Zinger and Ballsy for a chance to win $70 million in the <laughs> um, in the uh, lotto tonight. Uh, I want to, on a, on a more somber note, one of our teammates suffered a loss today. That would be Colin Lovequist. Our buddy, his stepmom passed away. So uh, Colin, uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to you. I know he worked today. I said, what are you doing at work? He goes, you know what, man? I could wallow at home. I'll take some time off after the uh, ceremony. So, uh, yeah, his mom passing away, and uh, our thoughts and prayers are going out to the lounge, number ones at one. Uh, let's Speaking of $70 million, let's head out on the Western Pizza Hotline. That sounds like Shaq Evans kind of money. Is that Am I right, Shaq, when I say that? You, you, you're you rich like that? 
I wish. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Shaq, on our tournament, in our tournament of awesome, if you had to pick, because we're doing it kind of like March Madness, only we're doing tournament of awesome, would you pick books yeah. or swimming pools to go to the next round? Who? Books or swimming pools? Pools? Mm, books. Books, yeah, okay. What's get, get, do you have a recommendation to Shaq Evans Book Club? Do you is there a book you've read recently that I should read? Um, not recently. Okay, uh, but um, I've read a, a couple books. Um, one's called um, uh, I just read it last year. I forget what it's called. Um, <laughs> well, you get back to me on I, that. I can't remember. Yeah, I'll you get, get yeah, get you back. get back to me on that. Do you read? Do you yeah. read any self help or meditation books or anything like that? Yeah, I've read an anger management book before. I've read, I've read, um, and I listen to like the Daily Calm app. Mm-hmm. These um, a lot of these meditations that they have just to start the day. Sometimes just to you know start the day nice, calm, and positive. You know, because mm-hmm. how you wake up is how you the rest of your day can go sometimes. Shaq, I'm glad you brought that up because I do want to wade into this, okay? Uh, I'm a big fan of yours. I like your passion, okay? I do like your passion. But Mm -hmm. do you think your anger, especially as it's portrayed on the field, gets away from you sometimes? Yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's the main... That's the reason why I do meditation and things like that to work on my my, uh, mental uh, as well as my physical because um, mentally, I feel like last year I put a lot of pressure on myself because I was expected to have a great season and then getting hurt just to put I put more pressure on myself and I think that was a factor in letting my anger sometimes get away from me so just try to focus on what I can't control and can't control and I mean what I can't control and don't worry about the stuff I can't control can't control injuries all you can control is how you bounce back from them and keeping a positive mindset so Shaq does playing in Saskatchewan add more pressure that way? Like, say you played in Toronto, where sometimes you can shoot a cannon through the stadium and not hit anybody, right? Like, you could be an anonymity there in Toronto, right? But in Saskatchewan, you can't really even go out. People are always going to stop you, and that's a great thing. But does it put more pressure on you to get back on the field faster and and to perform more? And Hey, you, you, get, you get what it's about to be a pro athlete. I guess where I'm going with it, is it tougher to do that in Saskatchewan? Uh, I mean, I guess, I mean, if you let it get to you, at the end of the day, yeah, people are going to say what they want to say and, and put pressure on you in terms of wanting you to play and wanting you to contribute. But at the end of the day, you know what's best for you, and you have to do do what you do what's best for you. And, um, yeah, fans of Saskatchewan, you know, they're, they're a bit crazy at times. You know, they're, they're very passionate. They're very in tune with what's going on. So definitely you hear you hear the chatter but at the end of the day you got to do what's best for you so you just try to keep yourself centered and worry about worry about yourself now you're uh, a young athlete in the world of social media you know a lot of pe- your coaches you know like a dickinson he was never made it to your level but he never played in the social media era do you have to check yourself yeah. sometimes even your quarterback ran into it a little bit last year with uh social media and going back and forth do you have to check yourself a little bit as it relates to interacting with fans and social media you know what i mean because you're never going to win an yeah. online battle right yeah, exactly. So you try not to like. I've gotten a lot. I get a lot of messages from people that aren't, you know, the nicest messages and things like that. But my philosophy is, I read it and I block you, and then I move on. Like mm-hmm. it's, I'm not gonna go back and forth with you because that's what you want me to do at the end of the day. So I'm not gonna give you the satisfaction of giving you a response. So. That's my philosophy with it, mm-hmm. Shaq. I really, uh, you were a big play guy in 2018. 
you uh, the 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 thing I thought you needed to develop was moving the sticks, making those uh, making those tough catches yeah. to 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 move the sticks, and you did that very well in 2019. You were a well-rounded yeah. guy, and you were off to a pretty good start uh, this past year till you got hurt, and then it was like yeah. I started to see again. Shaq was, ma- and maybe you touched on it. You were pressing, and you were kind of one of those guys. Yeah. You still made some plays, but you didn't make those intermediate plays. Did you feel that way too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was very disappointed in myself. And like you said, I think I put too much pressure on myself. I was trying to live up to what I was expected to do and pressing and things like that. And just, you know, just mentally just just, just strained. And uh, I think uh, that definitely contributed to me not, you know, playing as well and also just not being in shape and just not being in rhythm and things like that. So, um, but I'm definitely ready for a bounce back year. And uh, I'm definitely putting the work to make sure that I give myself the best chance for that to happen. So I'm going to ask you this because I, we talked about it on the call-in show. Myself, former rider, great West Cates, Don Hewitt, the professor. We all like your game, but we were sure. Like I was, I was talking. I can't see Shaq Evans coming back next year. That was after you mm-hmm. lost in Winnipeg. Yeah. You guys are, yeah. you guys are driving, and I'm not trying to stir anything up here, but I want to talk to the man who was affected. You guys are driving. They didn't even target you, man. They, you were the king of the slant. Why is Shaq yeah. Evans not getting a pass on third and three? Were you thinking the same thing? And was there a time when you're like, eh, maybe I don't want to come back? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean there was. There was probably a time, there was a, a little moment of not wanting to come back, but it wasn't a long time. But it was definitely a time, especially if you, like, you know, right after the game for a couple of days, like I was very angry, very pissed off uh, to have an entire game and not get targeted, and especially not get targeted on a crucial drive when I've made plays on crucial drives in my career in Saskatchewan, and I, I know I could have made a play on that drive. But at the end of the day, man, I was just I was trying to be a team player, you know. I didn't want to let my emotions get the best of me, especially in the West Final, because I was definitely wondering when it was coming. I was just being positive and saying it's going to come, it's going to come, it's going to come, and it's going to come at the right time. And you know, it just never did. And you know, I was I was angry. And um, but immediately after the game, Cody apologized to me, and I think that was the thing I thought about in the back of my head when I decided to stay. Like he even he recognized that it just. It just wasn't our year. You know, it's professional football. Every year is not going to be your best year. There's going to be ups and downs. You know, we had COVID. We had a lot of guys on six-game injury list. Like, we just never, you know, was able to gel as a team. And for us to still win 10 games, win a playoff game, and be that close, just I just wanted to give it one more run. You know, I love Saskatchewan. It's the only team I've ever played for so far. And I just wanted to give myself one more chance to win a great cup in Saskatchewan because, that would be, you know, legendary and will be stamped in, in etched in history for that franchise, and I want that opportunity. And I like that answer, and we'll get to more of that in a second. But you're, I don't think the Riders have a premier receiver. I think they have Duke Williams, who's, you know, 1A, or Shaq is 1, and Duke Williams is 1A, and you got Kyron Moore coming back. You got, uh, of course, you lost Lenius, but you still have Keen Schaefer Baker, Mitch Pickton's yeah. in the uh, Mitch Pickton's in the mix. I, I expect things from McKinnis, too. So you got a great receiving core. But let me ask you this. You are a guy that plays with a chip on your shoulder, fuel fueling your fire. How do you feel when people say, fans, not talking your teammates, not talking uh, your coaches or anything, but when people say, oh, we got to get Duke Williams. Duke Williams is our guy. We got to get our guy. Are you like in the back going, hey, man, I'm number one. I'm Shaq Evans. I did it before. Does that does that add to a chip on your shoulder? Uh. I mean, everybody. I mean, I'm a human being, so obviously you hear you hear stuff like that, and you thinking like, damn. But then you also understand 
that's just that's just how fans are. You, like I said, I, I focus on what I can control. I can't control what people are saying and what and what they want. Obviously, he's a new guy on the block. Because it was the same thing when you know Naaman was the guy, and then I came in and I was balling. Then it was oh, we won Shaq and we won Shaq and all this stuff. So it, it, it goes, you know, it goes up and down. Sometimes it's your time, sometimes it's not. And it was his time, and I'm I'm happy that he was able to come, you know, basically from at home to to play that well, and it just adds to our reper- our repertoire as a receiver receiving core. And um, I feel like as long as we all are on our game, then we're all going to get our numbers and we're all going to do well and we're mm-hmm. going to win games because we do have a great receiving core. And I, I, just, I just believe that wholeheartedly that if you come ready to play, I come ready to play, we're all going to eat. Every game is not going to be your game. But as long as you're playing well and, and playing hard and playing for each other, it's going to all come full circle. I think, and when you win, you get paid. When you win, you get paid. And that's, that's our main focus. Yeah, and I think the two most interesting position groups on a football team, groups, are offensive linemen because they give up their bodies for other people, okay? They give up their yeah. bodies yeah. so that Jack Evans can catch, so Cody can stand, so the running back can run, and they do it without a lot of fanfare. Receivers are the yeah, next right. most interesting group for this reason. You only get about three, four, five <laughs> times a game to make an impact. And if you don't, yeah. you know what I mean? People, if, if Shaq gets yeah. three passes and he drops two of them, well, his... I mean, what kind of game was that? But right, you you got to make yeah. hay while the sun shines, right? Yeah, you do. I mean, it's just a tough position because, like you say, you you can go an entire game running forty routes and get thrown the ball literally two times, and and you're expected to make those plays, and and that's the tough part about receiver because you know, like in the back of your head, this might be my last pass of the game. You never know when it is, so you just try to just you know. Stay even kill at all times. Don't don't get frustrated because that's what causes drops as well. Because you go a quarter, or two quarters, or three quarters and don't touch the ball. Now you're frustrated, and then when the ball does come to you, you're so mad and have all this pent up energy, and that causes you to drop the ball. So that's the main thing as a receiver. You just gotta always stay even kill because you never know when it's coming, and you're you might get one pass, but it might be the pass that we needed on third down on the last drive that keeps the game alive. And that's what you always got to have in the back of your head. Well, let's make sure Shaq's comments don't get misconstrued here. I don't want anything fired up online and ballsy to get blamed for it. I wasn't trying to yeah. make a rift between you and Duke because you clearly texted me because I had texted you some of this stuff uh, previously uh-huh. to our talk, and you said, "Listen, I love my receiver room." So I think let's get yeah. that let's get that on record. You are uh, you're all in with all these guys. You like your teammates, especially in that receiver room. Yeah, we get along great. We're always hanging out, doing things together, and there's no, there's never any hate in our room. We hold each other accountable, though. That's for sure. Like if somebody's not doing their thing, we we all feel comfortable talking to each other and letting them know, like, hey, get back on your stuff, get back on this, get back on that. Make sure you're doing your job. Like so, that's what I love about our receiving room. There, there's no hard feelings. Everybody's feelings are checked at the door, and just know when we enter the building, it's time to work, and 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 that's that's the bottom line. Last question for you. How's the offseason going? Are you healthy? Or are we going to see 100% of number one? Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% healthy. And like I said, this, this is a bounce-back season, not only for myself, but our entire team because we felt like we we left we left the Grey Cup out there. And um, so I, I feel like our team's going to come back super motivated, especially the guys that were there last year. And then the guys that are new, I feel like they're going to understand the level of intensity that they have to bring on a daily basis because we're a team that wants to win a championship. We're not a team that wants to make the playoffs. We're not a team that wants to win first in the West. We want to be in the Great Cup and win it because we've been so close and, and um, a lot of us are just like just itching to get that opportunity one more time. So 
I think the guys that are new will understand that from day one. Man, thanks for your time, and I appreciate you answering all my questions. Uh, hard to believe training camp or preseason 59 days away, and uh, we'll be, yeah. uh, we'll be uh, going after it before we know it. Thanks for your time, Shaq. Have a great weekend. Be safe. Yes, sir. Have a blessed day. That's uh, Shaq Evans of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Some really good comments there. When we come back on the other side, a sports update uh, from our friend Sean Kleisinger. We'll hear from Jeff, the pig spleen eating weather expert, too. You're like, what the heck's that all about? Well, you'll find out. This uh, segment of the Sports Cage brought to you by Nick Service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey Ferguson Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Call 781 1077. It's 5.50 with the sports ticker. March Madness Sweet 16 continues tonight. And uh, number 15, St. Peter's. They're taking on Purdue right now. And St. Peter's is hanging in there. They're only down by four points right now uh, towards the end of the first half. So pulling for them. Number four, Providence takes on number one, Kansas. That game is also underway. Kansas has a steady lead there. North Carolina taking on UCLA later tonight and Iowa State taking on the Miami Hurricanes number 11 versus number 10 there sports ticker is for Bronco Plumbing and Heating where professional service is guaranteed they'll treat you right 781-2090 still to come on the other side of 6 o'clock it's our Sports Cage Rewind we take a, uh, one of our favorite bits or interviews from the week and rewind it for you this will be Braden Lenius will join us from earlier in the week we'll replay his interview of course he joins the Atlanta Falcons we talked to him on the day that Matty Ice was traded from the Falcons to the Indianapolis Colts you get his thoughts on that and the team he leaves behind if you missed any of this show you could check it out on a our podcast in podcast form zinger puts it up after the show and a reminder pats hockey uh, the bottom of the clock 635 it's going to be uh, dante de Caria in for the pregame show pats in the saskatoon blades a key game in the east all right time to head out in the western pizza hotline and let's talk with jeff woodward the pig spleen eating weather expert now i got to do a little reset here jeff before i let you on here so he joins okay. me on the morning on the wolf uh, his uncle gus gus wickstrom from uh, Tompkins, saskatchewan was with me for a number of years and i had it lined up where he was going to go on david letterman i bought your uncle a frying pan because he had worn his frying pan out with the pig spleen i bought him one and i am li- i had him lined up on david letterman i ha- i got chris and ballsy t-shirts lined up and then your uncle ran into bad health and passed away, unfortunately. But he was like the Ric Flair of the pig spleen world. He had all the ladies around him. First of all, point. Now, this is a family show here on CKRM, Jeff, okay? But yeah. pig spleen isn't aphrodisiac, right? Like, it's Mother Nature's Viagra, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Three grams a day will keep you, um, yeah, whatever, keep you regular. <laughs> <laughs> keep you keep you ready to go. You'll have your goalposts ready to go is what you're trying to say. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Now, now, if your goalposts stay around longer than four hours, do you call a doctor or do you call everybody? <laughs> you call everybody. <laughs> okay. So for the folks here on 620 CKRM and our Sports Cage listeners, Tell us the art of predicting the weather with the pig spleen. What do you look at? Okay, uh, so the pig spleen has a, it's a it's a, a organ like the liver, and mm-hmm. it's got two really big bands of fat on it that uh, that tell you whether it's uh, going to rain or what. It basically tells you the precipitation or the temperature. Okay, so you look at those. You divide the, the spleen into. 
six equal pieces, and each one of those represents the m- month of the year. Uh, so the forecast starts in January and it goes through to June, and each one of those pieces represents a month, and then you, you pick off the dates of snow and all that kind of stuff just based on what the fat tells you. Okay. And if there's, if there's any little anomalies in the spleen, mm-hmm. it might mean other things, like Michael Jackson died and that sort of stuff. Okay, good. Okay, but yeah, that's a very odd one, but that's a... What does it look like that... Okay, what does it look like when Michael Jackson dies on a spleen? Can you tell us? <laughs> <laughs> so there was uh, there was actually three bumps that year. I think there was three uh, three people that died. Farrah Fawcett died on the same day, and Ed McMahon. That was it. Yeah. Oh wow! Wouldn't that suck to <laughs> die on the same day as Michael Jackson? Like the pinup yeah. girl, probably of your youth. The pinup girl of my wasn't, but I love Farrah Fawcett, and she dies, and so does Ed McMahon, Uh-oh! and he <laughs> dies on the same day that Michael Jackson dies. Like, that is a bummer. That's a bummer, yep. That sucks. No notoriety there. Okay, okay, so, but and the other question I have is, why is it only six months? Like, why can't you get us to November? Hey, that's the rules. Uh, you know, maybe <laughs> if I slaughtered a pig in June, we could do the, do later, but that's just the rules. That's, that's what the the old pagan rules say is you, you, you slaughter it in the fall, it tells you what's going to happen in the winter, and you don't care about the summer. Ooh, pagan rules. I hope my mom's not listening. We're a big Christian. So um, when, when, you, when, you, uh, when you do this, how long does the spleen last? Like, do you got to eat it after you cut it, or how does that work? I usually, uh, you know, I have quite a few spleens. I put some in the freezer, keep them for the big party that we have every year. Uh, then cook it up. But a, a spleen, you know, uh, I keep a set of spleens for the whole season just in case I need to look at them again, brush them off and look at the forecast again. Or if somebody wants some spleen and you got to cook it up, mm. you know, that three grams a day stuff, you know, I just have to keep a little bit on hand. We're on to something here, Jeff. We could have, <laughs> no, seriously, hear me out here. Business venture. Why don't we do a spleenapalooza right before a game, like tailgate in front of, like I have a tailgate party. Party at the Ryder game, we cook up spleen like on a Labor Day Classic. What is that? That sounds great. I'm all in. Yeah, that sounds awesome. It probably tastes like liver, though, doesn't it? It does, but you can spruce it up with uh, fancy oils and onions and stuff like that. Uh, okay, so you okay. can hide the taste a little bit. Okay, so here we go. The reason I got you on training camp mid-May, early preseason. Like I think the first preseason game is May 23rd. What do you see from the middle of May to the end of May around here? So our first preseason game is May 23rd versus Winnipeg here. So uh, May 23rd, it's going to be a little bit damp. I think it's the uh, we're playing Winnipeg, right? Yeah. So the Blue Bombers are going to see probably a little bit of rain. Okay. You know, it's unfortunate that uh, the June 3rd, that's going to be a nice day, but we're away for that game. So, oh, okay. But, yeah. But I think it, that that's the only time in May where there's probably going to be a little bit of rain is that, uh, you know, the towards the end of, uh, okay. end of the month. What yeah. about our early June schedule at home here? What are you looking at there? Okay. So I, I looked a little bit at the early June schedule. Uh so the June 11th one, a little bit damp, but I think they, we, oh, then we go into two two away games again. Yeah. So I think we've got two damp games, and I'm going to go out on a limb because, you know, the, the, the sleep ends on June, at the end of June, but July 2nd in Montreal, yeah. it's going to be a beautiful day. Okay. Beautiful day. Okay, yeah. good. Beautiful day. Beautiful day. Okay. Any anomalies on the spleen in terms of like maybe we three bumps means a three-game winning streak or anything like that? 
I got nothing on this spleen, uh, but I, what I what I think I got to do is the Grey Cup is I'm going to have to I'm raising a pig right now to slaughter in the fall so I can figure out what, who's going to win the Grey Cup. Okay, we're going to change things up too. Next year I'm going to get gainer spleen. We're going to go gopher spleen here. That's what we're going to have to do. Okay, is that good? Yeah, that's good. But it's got to be gainer. It's got to be big, so it's got to be right from gainer, not a, not another. No, no, no. I'm going to get gainer's big oversized spleen, and yeah, okay. maybe we'll take his uh, his fierce eyes that he had early on. Anyway, Jeff, thanks for this. We we uh, will have you on again. I'm sure it enlightened our crowd, and we are on to something. Spleenapalooza for the Labor Day Classic. There you go. I like that's- it. Awesome. Okay. okay. Thanks, man. Take care. All right. Thanks a lot. See you. Jeff Woodward joining us. Pig spleen eating weather expert. Laugh if you will. He's got a 90% accuracy rate. You can find him out on Facebook. He's all over Facebook, all over the internets, and you can check out his predictions. We'll be back with our Sports Cage Rewind, and we're also going to give away that lottery ticket and the Professor Don Hewitt with his pick six. The six best rider players, in his opinion, not named Cody Fajardo. This is the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. Show brought to you by Nelson Homes. Thanks to them for their patronage, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime. A great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza location about their specials. Let's head out in the hotline and wrap things up with the professor, Don Hewitt. Don, they're talking about a couple of rule changes. Four downs not happening, um, but... They are talking those hash marks. Randy Ambrosi had mentioned that, and I'm also hearing, right. I'm also hearing they're looking at making a holding penalty five yards, which I said two years ago. The average sack is about seven yards. Why the hell's an offside five yards, but a holding's ten? Because you know when teams get derailed by a ten-yard holding penalty, they generally over half of the drive stall. So if we want to increase drives. And, and increase scoring, then I, I like that five-yard holding penalty. Yeah, I'm sort of split between the middle there because uh, I, uh, while I agree with your points there, I also think there's a lot of holding that isn't called. And now I wonder, is this going to encourage more holding? Of course, if it does, that helps the offense. But I'm, I, I think that's a mixed bag for me. Don... Here's the thing, too, though, with penalties. Glenn Suter brought this up. And I, for the record, keep your pick sixth on. We're going to have to do it next week because I'm up against the clock. So we're just going to okay. kibitz here for a bit. Yeah, you got the pick six. You got the six okay. players that Don Hewitt has picked that are the best players on the roster right now, not named Cody Fajardo. Just that I see we're up against the clock. So I do want to uh, make sure we keep it on on the rails here before the Pats game. Get back. Yeah, okay. So, so, Don. As we as we look at this here, you're you're looking at uh, penalties and and how many are called. I think the officiating is just as good as NFL officiating. I just think we need to get rid of some of those nicky knack calls, as Glenn Suter and John Ryan had alluded to earlier in the week. We need to do a better job of recognizing what's a penalty, what isn't a penalty, letting the flow of the game uh, pick up a bit. Okay, what do you mean by nicky knack? Uh, well, I mean, like there, there, there are, uh, you know, there. I, 
I just think sometimes, for instance, pass interference, we can let hand fighting go a little bit more. Right. Uh, um, you know, I know they let the offsides go as it relates to uh, the receivers, but sometimes it's ridiculous how much they let them go offside. But you know what I mean? I just think there's sometimes too many penalty flags. I think well, interpretations of the rule could be better. Like they can craft the refereeing better that way. Well, they do allow uh, much more hand fighting in the NFL than they do in the CFL. Mm -hmm. Uh, They also allow more physical play by the defensive back and coverage in the NFL than they do in the CFL. So uh, I I really wouldn't have any problems if they allowed, uh, you know, a little more physicality. Uh, I think, you know, basically one of the big issues, and I know you've probably talked about this before, is, is the time clock, and you were the one that brought it up. Uh, with the, the league and, and the Rough Riders last week, the, that time clock has to be blown in faster, and that's going to help a lot. Mm-hmm. Hash marks are going to be good. Uh, I think, you know, we always thought, well, why don't you put the half the Americans on defense, half them on offense? Of course, that you, might you brought that up, yeah. Problems with some, yeah, that might create some problems the way Canadians feel about that. I don't know. Uh, but uh, they're going to need the Americans by the time they get these uh, rule changes in. They'll need the Americans on defense because they're they're going to make uh, it harder on defense, and and they should. I mean that that's a good direction. We need more offense, and everybody understands that. Uh, I'm sure everybody that you've talked to in the last couple of weeks on your show understands that. The commissioner's eyes lit up when we talked about that. He wants it. Everybody wants it. The fans want it. So it's going to happen, and you're going to have to have really good athletes on your defense to try to, try to you know, halt the rule changes to help the offense. Don, uh, last question before we let you go because we're up against the clock, and once again we'll get right. to Don Hewitt on Monday with his pick six. We'll do it Monday, so just put that okay. down. Save me a spot Monday. Um, okay. But what I, I wanted to get to is this, this uh, announcement in the budget this week where the government is trying to cut down surgical wait times, so they're saying, and the extra money that they're going to charge with the PST going to sports tickets and entertainment and stuff will go earmarked for that. And I don't think anybody would argue that sports is more important than health care if the money's used for that. What's tough, oh, though, for, around, what's yeah. tough, though, for the riders, though, Don, is this. This is a league, and this is a football team that didn't have anything for a whole year. You're getting people back. Now, you've got the Don Hewitts and the Michael Balls. The guy that's sitting at the 55-yard line, he's already locked in. He's probably a 50-something-year-old guy or my age, late 40s. He's got disposable income, although it's shrinking with inflation, and he's going to the games. But what about the 30-something-year-old with kids that's traveling even from Saskatoon or PA with high gas prices? Why would you right. Why would you go to the game? It's free at home. It's free. No lineups. Your own food. No gas. No... No t- ticket surcharges. Like, it seems like this yep. industry gets kicked in the you-know-what again. Well, I mean, you and I have talked about the mental health issues of COVID. Uh, people being, you know, you know, sequestered in their homes. They can't get out. They can't do things. It is hard on people's mental health. Finally, we can get out and start going to games and start going to, to do different things. And now this surtax hits the Rough Riders. I think it's absolutely a joke totally ridiculous that the government did this in terms of mental health for people getting back and doing things that they love and one of the biggest things that they love is going to rough rider games so i think this was just oh uh, i don't know who's who made this decision in the government but it's absolutely a farce 
Yeah, it is. To hammer the Saskatchewan Rough Riders with this tax. The Rough Riders are, you know, lost so much money in the last couple of years. You know, they're, they already realize there may be some uh, folks that are anti-vaxxers that are upset with them and they have to win them back. And now they get this tax. It's just absolutely ridiculous to stop people from getting out after COVID and enjoying themselves finally after a couple of years. Yeah, for sure. Don, that's a great way to end the show. Monday, you'll be with us. Your pick six, your six riders that are the best on the team, in order, not named Cody Fajardo. We'll talk to you Monday. Have a safe weekend, buddy. Yeah, see, have a good weekend, Baldy. Thank you. Take care. Okay, and Zinger, let's get to that text. The winning text who weighed in on our awesome tournament. They picked books over swimming pools. Who do you got? I'm taking Josh from uh, Quill Lake. Ooh, Quill uh, Lake. Quill Lake. Uh, yeah, his vote was for books, and yeah. since books defeated swimming pools, mm-hmm. that's that goes into my decision of picking Josh. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Josh, can't wait to be a millionaire with you, buddy. So, uh, it's going to be fun, Ballsy. All right, so on Monday, one of the brackets, hug versus Christmas. That's a tough one. Hugs versus Christmas. By the way, St. Peter's is winning 37-33 over Purdue right now in the second quarter. I I put some money on St. Peter's, Zinger. (laughs) They were a plus... 650 to yeah. win this game today. Yeah, and I only bet five bucks, so I can't win That's, that much. It's, still... it's all I can afford. Okay, we're going to be done here. If you missed any of the show, please check it out in podcast form. Like, review, tell your friends. It's a new sports cage, and we are rolling. Uh, coming up, we got Pats Hockey with our buddy Dante DeCaria, Pats and the Blades, and the Pats and the Wheat Kings tomorrow right here in Regina. Make sure you get out and watch. Take your radio to the game, too. We'll talk to you guys on Monday.